1: is going on everybody welcome in to this tuesday november 22nd 2022 edition of the energy news beat daily stand-up i am your humble humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley man this thanksgiving's almost here i can almost smell the turkey my man
2: Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and uh, it's just crazier than who's around here. Today was absolutely,
1: today was the, we weren't light on news. We went through, as no. our friend in Forrest Gump said, a roller coaster of emotions was today. We were up with oil prices. We were down. Saudi was increasing production. Then they weren't. We will cover all of that, including the impact that that did have on oil prices, what was said between the Saudi energy minister and what was reported by the Wall Street Journal. Stu's going to help break that story down and all of the different sub angles around it. He's also going to cover germany mulling the fact that they might guarantee investments for renewable energy production that seems like it's going to go bad um and also biden's going to go ahead and grant png 1.1 billion to keep diablo canyon nuclear plant open if you remember this was fake set to be phased out as of like a year ago and they've since flipped as this um energy crisis has fallen out so it looks like biden chipping in 1.1 billion you know of, what, what's a billion here a billion there, Stu. What's well, um, a billion between friends, Michael? No kidding, Stu. I'll take my billion whenever you got it. Um, you bet. We'll, we'll cover what went on the overall markets. Uh, I'll give my take on oil prices. Um, Freeport LNG actually released a statement um, earlier yet or yesterday, and uh, we're going to go ahead and cover what they said and why oil, uh, natural gas prices did it get dropped. Stu's going to hopefully give us some optimistic news at the end, and then we're going to let you get out of here, start your day, and get you one step closer to the four-day weekend. Before I kick it over to Stu, as always... This show is brought to you by the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com. You can check out the link in the bio. Stu does a great job of curating that website. Every article uh, we reference on here is available on energynewsbeat.com. Check us out. In my opinion, the best place for oil and gas news, energy news, geopolitical news when it comes to the energy business. Again, Stu does a great job of doing that, and you can check everything out in the show notes. Stu, there's a lot of it. I think we got to save Saudi till the end and we meld it in with finance. So k- kick Sounds us off great. with one of them.
2: Let's start with uh, door number one, our beloved uh, Biden, when he says he is mm-hmm. Biden grants PG&E 1 billion to keep Diablo Canyon uh, nuclear plant open. couple things here. Diablo Canyon is 10% of California's electrical grid. Do you know how that is a bunch that's insane that's a
1: huge number
2: you know you sit back and kind of go there's two nuclear reactors sitting in there here's the problem is that they were shutting it down they did not supply maintenance for it for quite a while that's michael that's the same thing they were doing in france They are only running half of their nuclear fleet because the previous government administrations stole all Mm -hmm. the money for the repairs. And there's now a bunch of maintenance and they can only run half of them. Same thing here. So when you take a look at that, oh, excuse me, it's 15% of the green electricity. My bad. I, you know, I got to fact check myself here, dude. So the good news, and then um, who's the governor in California?
1: Gavin Newsom. Oh, yeah.
2: Loser. And French Laundry. uh, Yeah, well, loser. But when you sit back and think, he was now saying this was his idea. You got to love it. And this is all coming around to the left, sitting there kind of going, you know, I don't care if you're left or right. Just care about the people. Anyway, let's leave that alone. Okay, we're going to go back to this next one here. Oh, hey, you remember I uh, interviewed uh, uh, Brian Gitt here just
1: a little bit ago? Yes, uh, yes, on the Energy News Beat podcast, which you can find was, in this feed. Scroll yep. down a little bit, scroll down a little bit, boom, hit Brian Gitt. Listen to it. He
2: uh, He's a good dude. And he went out and he's got a, uh, a nuclear company that's coming online for modular reactors. Uh, he just posted some
1: Wait, 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 Modular reactors? Yeah, smaller. Do you know what all I'm thinking of right now? I'm thinking of the third Batman when they've got that nuke on a plane (laughs) or they got that nuke driving around. That's what I'm envisioning. We're just going to, it's all of a sudden going to turn into the third world. That's kind of crazy though. Modular nukes?
2: Oh yeah, they're already showing up. In fact, that's when I interviewed uh, the CEO of Copenhagen Atomics. I love me some Atomics. The point being is in order for us to do our renewable upgrades to hit 2030, We're going to have to have 700 million uh, pounds of uh, copper. So at 700 million, it took us 5,000 years to get that much copper. We now have to do the same amount of copper in 22 years. It ain't going to happen to meet any of our climate goals. So... You know, when you sit back and kind of think the realistic climate goals are not realistic.
0: Anyway,
1: now they're they're not. I mean, anything can happen with the right amount of investment. But the way they've all scoped it out, you're absolutely right. It's or technology.
2: Yeah, we don't know what's coming around the corner, but it ain't going to
1: solve it. Okay,
2: here's one for you along Germany moles state guarantee for renewable energy production. All right. You quoted Forrest Gump. All right. This is a Gumpism like 9 out of 10 right here. This is Bubba uh, Bubba on Forest Gump has just been Gump aside. We have a full-blown 10 factor on the Gump aside right here, man. This is sorry, man. Uh they are doubling down on this. Uh biggest economy aims to produce 80% of electricity from renewable sources by 2030. There's not enough copper in order to even get there. There's not enough material. Um, There's not enough kids in, you know, digging there. I mean, there's just, there's not enough materials. So, you know, what are they going to do? Import more kids into the mines in order to, you know, beat them silly. This is just stupid. You know, call me a troglodyte if you want to, but there is absolutely no way that they can make that happen. And this is doubling down and tripling down on stupid. I don't know if I can make
1: this any plainer. Yeah, I mean, okay. I think what you said, I think what you said speaks for itself. I think <laughs> yeah, it I, speaks yeah, for yeah, itself. I, I mean, I, it's it's, and I love this quote in this article. Berlin is also considering a so-called hybrid equity instrument for financing energy transformation investments. Do you know what that? Do you know what that's code for? Tax. No, the public. It you know, like the state owning these entities. Oh. State-owned entities. That sounds fun.
2: No, that sounds like control. And the we we talked about that yesterday with the digital U.S. uh currency.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. I, I I'm all out on that. I'm with you. That's it's too yeah. creepy. yeah creepy creepy.
2: Uh kind of like some of my dates in college. Okay. I'm over here looking at this one and New England. Yeah, you you got a furrow brow on that bad dog. That was a lousy <laughs> There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. <laughs> okay. Uh, New England got their first LNG uh, tanker again uh, today in Boston, and uh, they need it very badly. But this comes back into your natural gas prices you're going to talk about here in a little bit. It's because of the Jones Act. They are importing material coming in and LNG coming in off of the global markets. So... You know, you got to sit there and love those guys, right?
1: Yeah. And I mean, we're always importing. I mean, that's the funniest part. You hear the loudest people chatting are over in the East Coast, chatting about how we need to get all renewables over But they're the ones importing everything. No infrastructure built out. It's it's pretty insane.
2: Yeah, I remember from uh, you remember when we had the corporate chains on us, I got into an argument with those knuckleheads uh, about uh, importing Russian oil and Mm. they were going around going, we don't import Russian oil and I'm going hogwash. Yeah, we do. Okay, Michael, here you go. What caused you some serious heartburn today? Tell me what was going through uh going up from eighty dollar to seventy-five to seventy. You, what
1: happened to you today on the oil? Oh, I mean, it was it was an absolute <laughs> roller coaster. When we recorded this show Sunday night, oil prices were sitting about 80 bucks. I didn't feel right. great about it, but I was like, you know what? It is what it is. This 80 bucks is probably a floor. Woke up and you're still trading about 80 bucks. By the time I show up to the office, Stu, oil's down to $75 off the back of uh, OPEC and Saudi Arabia, quote unquote, leaking to the Wall right. Street Journal that they're going to increase production by 500,000 barrels a day, which is a huge quantity that caused oil markets to rip down. And like I said, by the time I, but, but five minutes it took, takes me to drive. Oil was down to 75 bucks or down to like 76, rebounded a little bit up to 76.50. We fell all the way, eventually reaching a low of around 75.21. And then about two hours later, Saudi Saudi Arabian energy minister, I'm not going to pretend to pronounce his name, but we all know what he looks like, says the kingdom is, quote, is not discussing a potential oil output increase with other OPEC producers, denying a Wall Street Journal report earlier Monday. His quote is: "It is well known that OPEC does not discuss any decisions ahead of meetings."
0: Ooh. So, what does oil
1: immediately do? First, it's first, it's you know, we've gotten curb stomped over the past two months now. Curb stomped. This was the the throat. This article was a throat on the uh, or a foot on the throat. Then all of a sudden. You know, Superman flies in, boom, tackles him. We're free all the way back up, currently trading 8034. I mean, as I mentioned in the open, it was a roller coaster of emotions. I mean, it it really goes to show you the how much we teeter on supply versus demand news. And obviously, this being a supply side issue, you know. You can see how supply is much more violent, much more short term, whereas demand destruction, as we talked about a couple, I think last week, is steady, more long term, but it's much less. Oh, it's it's harder. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily go through this type of just absolute whip shock up, down, up, down, knife to the heart. So absolutely crazy day. My question is this, Stu. Yep. I'm going to assume the Wall Street Journal didn't just make it up. They heard oh, from I, I think they made it up. You, want my you just think they made it up? Because that, that, that was really my question. Like yep. somebody, One, you think they just made it up. I think somebody was short in the market. But, so somebody at least said, but like, it's not like there's a journalist no. sitting at a computer yeah. being yeah. like, "Yo, I'm just going to make this oh. up. Uh, I know. Yeah. I mean, look,
2: OPEC and OPEC plus don't leak these things out. But let's take this to the next step. Why do you think that they went down so much in their their current uh, um, their last cuts? They can't produce anymore. It's not a matter of if they're going to produce. Yeah. They can't. Now, Brazil now is up to 4 million barrels a day. They use 1 million barrels a day. So there's 3 million barrels a day that can come up of heavy crude to the U.S. So there's some play in the market right now where I'm not real worried about it. But when you sit back and think, they don't have the spare capacity.
1: Well, I know that. That's been the rumor for years. OPEC er, and specifically Saudi doesn't have the spare capacity. I'll see it when I believe it. That's all I'll tell you. I'll see it. I'll see it. I'll see it when I believe it. Yes, they have, you know, all this other stuff. I agree. I agree. I agree. But I'll see it when I believe. It. Biggest revenues ever last quarter. So
2: they're doing something right. Well, uh, so did Russia. And Russia's had the biggest one and they've been uh they've now had a price cap. Coming up on them two weeks, they've been sanctioned like you wouldn't believe, and his revenues and profits are up. He has shipped less oil, but yet he has exceeded all expectations
1: and has got two new pipelines coming in. <laughs> Might as yeah, we should probably disclose. Stu is actually broadcasting from the Kremlin right now. Oh, so yeah. uh We we're just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're trying to keep him safe, though. Um, well, you, so you saw, no, you saw that
2: meme where Putin was watching me and you and our our show, and we. Were, I
1: did. I yeah. did see that. I did see that. That's. I guess exactly who I want. I don't know. That's 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 pretty nuts. Um, on the natural gas side. I mean, we we saw a little bit of a bump today. First, we've confirmed, and we, I mean, the Northeast got absolutely pounded this week. They actually did get four to six feet of snow. Honestly, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. Four to six feet of snow, though. Um, cold front moved in the Northeast, caused gas price or natural gas prices to pop a little bit. Um, this morning, things were trading eh, at around 620, popped all the way to about 680, have since fallen, currently trading about 663 right now, that natural gas front month futures contract. Two things. Big, first big thing, again, it's been just a little bit colder. And also, we heard from Freeport. You hear me talk about that every day, but today we actually heard something. Freeport, you can find this at energynewsbeat.com. Freeport LNG facility provided an update on their ongoing reconstruction and resumption of operations at its natural gas liquidification facility there in Texas. In January of 2023, each of Freeport's three liquidification trains will be restarted and ramped up safely, first to an approximate two BCF, as I'd mentioned on that January 20 uh, 2023 date, and full production utilizing both docks remains anticipated to commence in March of 2023. The quote from Michael Smith, founder, chairman, and CEO, it's kind of funny, they've got a founder, It's usually don't see that in these huge, large conglomerates, the founder's still around, but their teams have been working, or excuse me, our teams have been working diligently over the last several months alongside regulators to ensure a safe restart to our facility. I am immensely grateful for their efforts. We are committed to moving forward with an uncompromising safety focus and enhanced operational process that will enable us to blah, 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 platform, blah, 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 market, blah, 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 blah. Point is January, Stu. We know something now it's going to come online in January two BC. If that's gone. Global market, boom, all it's going to global market. When this full thing comes on, it'll be interesting to see how quickly it ramps up. I mean, they are going to be stuffing this LNG facility as much as possible because we know once this turns online, even liquefying it, putting it on an LNG tagger and shipping it to Europe, you still make more money than keeping it here. That's how insane these spreads are. And it's only going to get worse as we move into yeah. winter. So eh, you know, yeah, watch mean- out.
2: Exactly. And you take uh, Bulgaria just got a new pipeline in from one of the LNG degasification and it will take up, I believe it was like 30 percent of their total new gas. That's huge. So all of these things are coming in. There was another article that came in that Germany's uh, floating LNG uh, degasification are running over budget. (laughs) Who would have so, thunk that? Who would have thunk? I I don't know, but it, they're about double what they
1: said they were gonna be. <laughs> that that makes who 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 would have guessed? No. What are you looking for, Stu? It's almost Thanksgiving. Are they gonna what's gonna get slipped in before we start slicing turkey up? Um, I think that you're gonna see some
2: political stuff starting to shake out in the U.S. So I think that the energy sector is gonna be kind of like open season here in a little bit. regular um legislation through regulations coming around the corner and uh worst kind the worst kind EPA's got a bunch of new stuff coming around, but I do see some positive things, Michael, in that article, even though you and I are laughing about it, but the energy is going to be giving more uh, latitude for nukes and i'm very pleased by that um and then natural gas is they're having to admit right now that they have to have natural gas and 100%. It, if, if
1: you're not in, if you're not including natural gas in your transition process I, it's hard to take you seriously exactly Uh, because
2: natural gas is so needed. So anyway, uh, there are some encouraging things, but there are some geo, I mean, internal United States political stuff about
1: to happen. Just as when I was going to sleep soundly at night, you had to turn the tables on us. So with that, everybody, we'll let you get out of here. Start your day. As always, thank you for joining us here on the Energy Newsbeat Daily Stand-Up. Check us out, energynewsbeat.com. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. See you tomorrow, folks. Today's episode of the Energy Newsbeat Podcast is brought to you by Inveris. The energy industry faces massive challenges every day, and the events of the last two years have caused huge disruptions like never before. Companies in the energy industry need actionable intelligence and a single source of truth that brings all the data together. Inveris is the energy specialized technology partner that provides intelligent connections for a global energy ecosystem. Only Inveris has the analytics, people, experience, and industry scope to connect the right data and information. In the right way to discover missed opportunities and deliver fast outcomes. Find out more at That's Enverus.com. That's E N V E R U S.com.